magical place we could go So close your eyes and make a wish For the skies with the angriest, flappiest birds And the seas with ridiculous fish The Dutch Arcade Show is here again Link us on in. Hey guys, what is up and welcome to the Touch Arcade Show, episode number 495. Phew, just five short weeks away from episode 500, where we have a huge party planned, all sorts of festivities. It's going to be really amazing. It'll be July 23rd, provided we don't miss any episodes. Provided we don't miss any episodes, so we'll see. The week of the second, I will need to record on Thursday or something. We're going charter fishing that day. Ooh, it should be pretty. That's cool. exciting. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's neat. Like um, Lindsay found a like actual real professional fisherman guy mm-hmm. that does like guided fishing tours of the lake here. Wow. So yeah, I think that'd be that pretty be neat because like my thing with him, I'm gonna be like, hey, dude, I, I, you don't have to show off for me or anything. I want to like learn how we fish around our very immediate area to catch stuff, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And if that's all we do the whole day is just stay like within like 300 feet, like that's fine by <laughs> me. You know, like I don't, yeah. I don't need the boat ride or anything else. Like, yeah, you know, so that should be pretty cool. Are you going to bring your magnet? Um, I don't know if that's appropriate, but maybe be like, Hey bro, I got this magnet. Did I tell I you the results just... of that? The magnet? I, I know you caught a lot of like, garbage yeah it was nothing in the i have not got anything it's basically just been like the biggest thing that i've got is a twist tie a twist tie well free twist tie i mean i guess it's good that there's not all kinds of like metal garbage in the lake right but yeah you um you definitely get the wrong idea watching the magnet fishing YouTube videos, <laughs> believe sure. it or not. <laughs> I'm sure they're highly curated, so you want to buy a big magnet. I mean, well, so I, I was I was fiddling with it a little bit, and I was like, man, these these videos are so easy to fake because the magnet is super strong. I mean, like, yeah. you can put, like, you know, like any piece of metal on it, it'll stick and just throw it in the water and drag it around all day mm-hmm. long. It's not coming off, right? Yeah. So any YouTube video where you don't see the duration of, like, them throwing the thing in and like no clips or anything all the way from mm-hmm. picking it up are just hundred percent fake. <laughs> Cause I think well, I could do that. I could like, I could go get, you know, like go to the store and buy, you know, like a, a BB gun or whatever and like let it just sit in the water and get a little rusty and stuff yeah. and like stick it to the, the magnet, throw it out there. And then it was, oh my is that, is that one of the prizes in the YouTube video? Someone found a BB gun and you were like, well, hmm. no, it's, it's always like, Oh, I think this, I, this, this is a part of a revolver. Oh my God. Oh, a, yeah. a diamond engagement ring. Oh, yeah. my God. Stuff like that. Like, um, Yeah. So I don't know. Why don't you Why don't you be the Johnny Appleseed of the magnet fishing world and sprinkle cool metal items all around your lake for Basically, other magnet fishermen to find? So you just litter? Just litter. I'm asking you to litter. The problem is like, it, it only, you know, magnets obviously only stick to like ferrous metals, right? So it's just like stuff that yeah. rusts, you know, like. Yeah junk you don't want anyway yeah, junk you don't want so not diamond engagement rings i don't know i can't say i'm super torn up over my uh 25 dollar investment not yielding yeah. the treasures that i was misled into believing existed when you magnet yeah. but the funny thing is you can't see it now it's healed up now but like um the my magnet the magnet fishing kit comes with these like really thick heavy gloves and i'm like mm. opening, i'm like kind of dork's gonna use gloves for this it's fine <laughs> Like, you smash your finger with like it. the first the first go around with it i just like sliced my thumb and i was like oh well. <laughs> cool now i've got like lake metal in my thumb mm-hmm. but uh maybe sur- you could survive oh, man i'm trying to think about how you can repurpose your magnet maybe like tie a rope to it and put it on your fridge so you can like open the fridge from your couch but then you'd have to like cast it to grab you like a, a drink or something too well but i guess alum- aluminum's not magnetic aluminum won't work yeah 
I don't you know. Buy I'm, some buy some beer and some steel cans. I'm gonna keep filling with that. I think when I go out on like other people's boats and stuff, um, yeah, I'll just uh, be like, hey, are we are we parking in this cove here and hanging out for a while? All right, I'm gonna throw this magnet around and see what I can find. Yeah, why not? I think it's a cool thing to own. Yeah, we'll see. Always wanted a really strong magnet. I'm not gonna lie. You can order one right now as an adult with adult <laughs> money. You can just buy a strong magnet. I do have adult money. That's right. That's true. Um, so I was thinking uh, something to talk about that I don't have listed is uh, we could talk about Nintendo's E3 since it was a big deal. Oh yeah, I, I think we should also touch on the Five Nights at Freddy's drama. Oh yeah, I was surprised um, you didn't post about that because like Five Nights at Freddy was always such like, a goldmine for traffic. Yeah, it is. I don't, uh, one, I don't care about traffic. Two, uh, there's no like, there's no like winners here, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's no good stance for this that's happening. But, um, so I guess one of the the big mainstream stories like last week was that Scott Cawthon, the creator of Five Nights at Freddy's, uh, got outed for being a do- for donating a bunch of money to um, a bunch of like Republicans and, and Trump and, yeah. and those types. Um, uh, and you, not, if you I look mean, at opensecrets.org, you can look it up and it's like, you know, yeah. he's donated like 2,500 bucks to Ben Carson, yeah. 2,500 bucks to the national Republican senatorial committee, almost a thousand yeah. bucks to Devin Nunes, you know, like yeah. Mitch McConnell, they got $5,000, like that, yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, it's it's weird. It's a weird situation too, because it's like he he maxed out his donations, which is like forty thousand something dollars, I think. Like, which and that, for, that's the max as a regular person you can donate. Again, for a very wealthy person, that's like you going to you know McDonald's and that's nothing for that dude, and it's also like nothing for the people he donated to, really, right. if you think about it. But that was kind of the thing to me that that seemed so uh, weird about people getting so worked up over this is like. You know, these donations that he's making, like, they may seem like a lot of money, but like with the amount of cash in the U.S. political system, Mm. like the five grand he gave to Mitch McConnell is not even a perceptible drop in the bucket for that. Probably paid for lunch for him and his staff one day. I mean, like for real, like that's, you know, I and I could when I first heard about this, I just saw like the headlines or whatever. I was like, oh, shit, because I thought the guy was like, you know, doing one of these like super PAC things where he was just like funneling it truly unbelievable amount of money into <laughs> and because like, that was how the initial headlines read and i was like oh my god yeah. that's crazy yeah. um but then like when it came out that it was just like very normal wealthy person political donations that yeah i mean i, mean, I don't know i'm not gonna deny that i think all those people are shitheads and yeah. i wouldn't want to support them in any way and get that um and i think the big conflict was that uh a lot of those people are like, you know, a lot of anti-human rights type things yeah. that are big, big button issues right now. And that a lot of those same marginalized people are the people that um, are like streaming Five Nights games and stuff like that. So, well, but I, I mean, I guess like there's <clears throat> the thing that's even more confusing is like never been a secret that Scott Cawthon is a conservative religious dude that basically checks all the boxes of. The kind of yeah, like all his early games and stuff were all like highly religious things. I mean, they and were stuff like, like that, religious so. ed- edutainment sort of thing. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, so this 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 his donation stuff gets made public and becomes viral. And I mean, to be uh, fair, it was always public. Like anyone could have looked yeah. this up at any time. Like that's that's yeah. That was, there's no sense that he was like trying to hide this from anyone. No, it, he like made that. zero attempt to hide it either. He donated with his real name yeah. that you can just type into. Yeah. These donation indexing websites. I mean, it's like. I don't know. I think you made the point in our chat that's like, um, you know, it, there a billion companies out there where some high-ranking official or CEO or something like that is a total shithead, and you have no, you you wouldn't know because you're just buying a product or whatever. You know yeah. what I mean? You don't know the affiliations of the people up at the top or whatever, and so um, why should you? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it would be. Yeah near impossible to be like every product I buy in my life, I need to research everyone up the chain to make sure none of them suck. And you just can't really do that. You know? 
Yeah, but, I mean, I personally, like, I don't really know where the line is for that sort of thing, you know, because, like, for some yeah. people, they take it really seriously. And it's like, I, yeah. you know, when I find out about people that believe different things than I do, I will just not have them in my life. I won't do business with them and everything else. That's cool. Yeah. You know, if that's what you're into, that's fine. But, like, I think that's, uh, yeah, I just, I mean, living in a world where people just believe different things, yeah. you know, it's a lot of effort for... I don't know, minimal gain, I guess. Well, I think it's fair to be like, um, oh, I enjoyed those games and then I found this thing out and now I feel differently about the guy that created it and so I want to, I don't want anything to do with these anymore and walk away. And I think that's fair and that's yeah. probably the right reaction yeah, or whatever. Fine. I mean, that was I think the thing, what like, sucks is like him getting death threats now and stuff like yeah. that and, you know, whatever. But I, so where things get kind of sillier for me, I feel like it should have just been left at all this is, is he tried to post an explanation and um basically basically is like yeah i donated all these people like i do every year like i have done for years even before i made it big and had a bunch of money i was supporting these causes and stuff like that and you know he was sort of trying to speak to like the marginalized community um by saying these people i'm supporting yeah, they said a lot of bad things about, you know, LGBTQT, whatever. And, but also I think that they, the other people would have done more harm in the long run, even though they're not outwardly saying all these terrible things about the marginalized people, which I think is like, what a terrible argument. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> makes you, no sense whatsoever. You can tell and, that he uh, has like, he does not have a publicist on this, you know, and, and he's just kind no. of a dummy and. <laughs> Yeah, you know, but I, but I mean, at the same time, you know, not to, I mean, it just seems like that's his right, you know, like you know, if he, we live in a country where, you know, if you want to support certain candidates because you think they're the better leaders, I mean, rock on. That's like what this is all yeah. supposed to be about, you know, and like, I don't know, it just, uh, it just seems so strange for this just like suddenly blow up so randomly. Yeah, and what, like what bums me out about it is it's like, you know, the Five Nights at Freddy's community, like because that's that's kind of what I was I was curious about. I was like, all right, so Five Nights at Freddy's is a huge online community of people that are really into this game. I mean, like, God, the the fan art that has come out of like the Five Nights at Freddy's it's community, a major it's fandom. insane. Like, the, you know, cosplay fan art, people getting tattoos of Five Nights at Freddy's, like you name it. You know, this has a huge, huge, huge community. And what I th found to be kind of interesting was like when you looked into where those people were hanging out after this news hit, you didn't see anyone that was like, Oh good. Like, I'm so glad we got rid of that guy. Like they, like the vibe of all those communities was very much like a mournful, like, like, man, this sucks that like this yeah. guy that makes these things that we like, like isn't around any, or, you know, isn't going to be around anymore or whatever else. Yeah. And like on the other side, you had people that like, didn't even really seem to know what five nights at Freddy's were that were like taking victory laps because like they got the guy to retire or whatever, you yeah. know, like it just, yeah. I don't know. The dynamic just seemed really strange to me. The whole thing is pretty stupid. And, um, I don't know. I feel like, why is this even a thing? But yeah. So the result is that Scott Cawthon has now retired, which is like, what does that even I mean, mean? I think he said he's going to retire several times now too. So it's not yeah. Like it's not a big <laughs> and, deal, but retire means i'm going to keep making the bajillion dollars i'm making on this thing and continue doing stuff just not like forward facing anymore yeah. you know I mean, what i mean like, i you know i it would be interesting to see like how much he even was working on these games like before that because like yeah when you, i don't like, think a lot he didn't do anything with the hd versions that was a different company that did all that you know like that was no and from what i understand is that like for a while now it, he's been so involved with the movie like that was his big thing was like they want to make the movie and he was really really involved with that and that left no time for anything else so like licensing all the toys and all the whatever all was just outsourced to other people. Um, and so I don't, and then, yeah, like any, I don't even think there's been like new brand new five nights games. There's been like spinoffs and re-releases and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I don't think he was, <laughs> was he retiring from, and he's still going to be super involved in the movie for sure. You know, because how could you not be that? They're making make, a movie out of this thing you created. So. Yeah. Uh, he's still going to make tons, tons of cash from these games. Like it's, you know, because they're all indie yeah. titles that are self-published. I mean, there's no one else taking the money. Yeah, you know? I don't know. So anyway, yeah, that's 
that's that whole drama this week that I I've been happy to stay out of because yeah. honestly, I just don't I just don't care. Yeah. Like whatever. <laughs> it's surprising me that this even became a thing. Yeah, it's just like the timing of it is what seems so odd to me. Like I could see if it was like, you know, right around the election when like all this political stuff is like extremely topical and everything else, or but to just like I don't know, like randomly in the middle of June, people were like, "Hey, I wonder who Scott Cawthon is donated to politically." Like, I don't get it. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, it's weird. It's super weird. But. I don't know. But anyway, uh, so Nintendo's E3 presentation was this week. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, it was, was it weird that E3 went from like Thursday to Tuesday? I that is so. Because it's, it's not normal. It normally goes over the weekend, right? If it was yeah, in person, it, it would have been. Yeah, usually it was like it got kicked off. It's like, like I think Wednesday, Sunday. Thursday's press only stuff. And then like Friday, Saturday, Sunday was like the expo or something no, like no, that. No, 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 no. It was like um, it was Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday used to be e3 mm-hmm. but but they like kept like i don't know there was this like weird race over the last couple of years for like who was gonna be like the first to give their e3 presentation which led to like mm-hmm. a lot of this stuff happening on monday and then yeah. it was like a lot of it started happening like over the weekend like i remember we got invited to the mm-hmm. bethesda thing and right it was on like a That's saturday right. or something like that yeah and i remember yeah. emailing him back and be like oh can you tell me what's gonna be there because like you're basically asking me to like redo my flights and yeah Get another night of hotel like room. Be yeah. at this thing. Oh no, we can't tell you anything. Okay, cool. I'll see ya. Yeah. And then Fallout Shelter got announced, and it actually worked out better that we were home because we could immediately download the game and all that stuff, as opposed to like be sitting in a fucking auditorium, like desperately trying to yeah. get Wi-Fi or whatever else. Right. While everyone no, that's watched true. it unfold yeah. on Twitch. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. It felt weird to me to be like have it wrap around the weekend the way it did, or or whatever. So. Um, but anyway, so Nintendo's was, so Xbox did what they were Sunday morning. I think Xbox's was pretty good. Um, yeah, yeah. Nothing Sunday morning. I, there was, yeah, there was some pretty big announcements. I thought it was weird. They kind of stuck halo infinite stuff like in the middle and then make that like their big focus. Their big focus was Forza horizon five, which looks, well, I, I think their big focus actually was just game pass. You know, I think like that too. It kind of, to me, it seemed like their reasoning for putting like Halo in the middle was to just kind of like de-emphasize Halo individually, but rather just be like, hey, look at all the shit that's coming to Game Pass. You know, like all this stuff. Oh, Halo's in here. Like we don't really care about Halo too much. There's so much other stuff coming. So why aren't you subscribing? Maybe, or maybe they were just like, didn't want to focus too hard on it because last time it happened, it was a big, it was negative because everyone thought it looked like crap, (laughs) even though I thought it looked good, even that first presentation, but it looks, it definitely looks better now. I I think that this halo is going to be like the, the, the halo for years and years and years and years to come. Like this is going to be like the, like the halo is a service. um, Well, yeah. Like they've done with sea of thieves, you know, where it's like, yeah, yeah, sure. You can buy sea of thieves for, you know, 60 bucks or whatever, but I think most people are playing over game pass, which is just like, delivering mm-hmm. this infinite stream of content into the game dude game, game pass is so crazy that it's such a crazy deal to me that you can just subscribe to game pass for whatever a month and get this many games brand new games day one games so yeah. pretty bananas and then um sony not at e3 this year uh, I think they basically were just like, we don't have anything ready in time, so we're not going to just be there to be there. We'll do something on our own. Later I mean, like, this year. What, I mean, it asks, asks, asks the bigger question of like, what even is E3? It's like, okay, we're including E3 because we did a Twitch stream like inside right. of like a week in uh, June. Is your dog dying? Jared's muted. I think his dog's going ape shit. Uh, mailman. Um, dog goes crazy. We we get warnings. It's so stupid because it's like, it's like a warning that's like, oh, blah blah blah. Your dog, make sure they're, you know, not uh, I don't know, secured and all this stuff or whatever. And it's like, I, my dog's inside. Like he barks at the window because the mailman cuts across my driveway. Yeah. And right in front. So out of nowhere, some dude is instantly in front of our living room window. And that's weird. Like, I think if he had, he if he actually walked around, came up the sidewalk, walked up the driveway like you should, it wouldn't be a big thing because he'd see him coming. But instead, it's like, yeah, it's just like here's this person standing outside your window yeah. and the dog freaking flips out. Yeah. And so, yeah, they give these little warning cards. It's like, oh, 
uh, I don't know, think of the mailman or whatever. And it's like, hey, if you're scared of dogs behind a window, like I can get it if it was like a loose dog in a yard. Like, that's not cool. But like the dog barks at you through the window. I'm sorry if that triggers you or yeah, whatever, yeah. but don't be a mailman if that's an uh, issue to you. So anyway, sorry about that. Oh. Um, what were you saying now? I'm but sorry. yeah, it, like it, it's hardly even seems like any of the stuff is E3. It's just like just so happens to take place around the time of the year that E3 is. That's been yeah. happening for a while too. And like, I feel like E3's relevancy is so hanging by a thread that, um, what, what do we need them for? You know what I mean? Like everyone can come together and be like, Hey, let's in the middle of summer is a perfect time to announce a bunch of new games for all our systems and stuff. Yeah. And we could all just have a week where we all have our showcase or whatever individually, right. which a lot of people are just doing now anyway. Um, it just seems so weird that, that that's a thing. I, th- I think we're it's going to transition out of that too, especially with like, I thought it was very bold of E3 to be put restrictions on who can like co-stream some of the stuff. And you know what I mean? Like, I feel like, dude, if you're E3, you need to be as like welcoming yeah, and please have everybody yeah. stream your stuff and talk no, about no you because be you know like, making it harder it's just a bad look yeah, like no 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 i'd be like dude here's the here's the co-stream package you can download that has like the obs scenes and like mm-hmm. art that you can use in your stream like you name it go just go nuts if you want to co-stream well that's how i stuff. felt too about like trying to sign up for e3 just to do it just to have a registration in case i need to get something weird or some press pack or something like that but the process was so convoluted and stupid that i'm not gonna like be like scanning in my ids and and yeah. you know uh, taking screenshots of all my articles I've written when sure. I've covered three for the last 10 years in a row. So like I just didn't even sign up cause I just don't care cause I don't need it. So I feel like E3 on that front too should be like, Oh, we should make it really easy for press to sign up and get passes and want to be a part of E3 instead of like friction everywhere. Yeah, so I was, I was talking to some friends of mine about the um, virtual show floor thing. Um, mm-hmm. it's like that's basically what you get access to when you sign up is this like website sort right. of thing that's like i don't know the virtual show floor experience i was asking about it and it was like oh, this is this is a complete jerk off because like anyone that we <laughs> want to talk to about our stuff we're just going to email directly not yeah. like sit here with our fingers crossed that they're going to sign up for this weird website and like click on our virtual booth like right get out of here with that and yeah i don't know it's just uh, the whole thing was weird i don't know what the point of it is it's all real dumb, but anyway, I think probably over the years, E3 is just going to phase out and not completely lose relevancy altogether, unless they really reimagine what they should be and what they can offer people by existing. Because right now, I don't see much value to it. So. Yeah, I mean, I think like this year, this year is kind of a gimme. I think because it was kind of like, all right, like the, you know, we can't really. I mean, we could host an in-person thing, but it's probably not a great idea. So yeah. like, let's yeah. just like do this online thing, and we really like hit 2022 hard and like if if they're also irrelevant and something that no one feels like the need to go to in 2022 i think it's just they're just done yeah yeah so it'll be interesting to see like what they kind of like rebrand into yeah i guess because like i don't know the the previous thing of like the in-betweener event where it was like an industry event that also had the day that like fans could come just seemed like yeah the worst of both worlds I agree. And maybe it makes more sense to them to just kind of like completely go into the PAX route and just be like, hey, it doesn't even make sense for us to pretend that this is an industry focused event anymore because like everyone is just doing stuff over Zoom or right. whatever else. So like, hey, just come demo your stuff and show people and make it like PAX, like a some, something that exists kind of in between like PAX and a Comic Con, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, so. I agree. Um, so anyway, getting to Nintendo though, they were kind of the last big uh part of e3 or whatever and um i thought their announced their their presentation was great filled with tons of good stuff that i'm excited for and um i was surprised how much stuff is coming very soon like when they showed yeah. off metroid dread i was like all right well i'll be yeah. playing this on the switch 2 in 2030 right. <laughs> you know i think like, um, oh it's coming out in a couple months i was like damn cool yeah, so Metroid Dread is just a new 2D Metroid, and it's essentially Metroid 5. Um, so it's like the direct sequel to Metroid Fusion, which came out almost two decades ago, which yeah. that was weird. I really liked um, Metroid Fusion. That game was fucking great. Yeah, Fusion's fantastic. Um, so it's it's interesting, too, that to think like 
oh man, with all the Metroid Primes over the years and stuff like that, those all took place like in the middle of the timeline. So like there's really been no continuation of the story since Fusion, which I think yeah. that's pretty crazy to be continuing the story. And and they, they hinted at like um, this is going to be the end of like the Metroid storyline. Like Metroid stuff is going to come to an end. Um, Samus will go on. There will be more Metroid games. But it sounds like they want to turn to something new storyline-wise for like future games, which I thought that was kind of interesting too. So I wonder if Metroid Prime 4 is is similar. Yeah, if it's going to be I kind of think that I, I what I wonder is if they're just going to kind of try to break from like the whole I mean cuz like all all the games don't get me wrong I love the Metroid series but they all kind of are yeah. very samey where it's like oh guess yeah. what it turned out there was another Metroid and like oh wow like all this shit's happening because of it. Yeah. Oh guess what Mother Brain is back. You got to fight Mother Oh and what do you know Crates here too. Oh wow. Yeah. You know like Well it's <sighs> They, I, I feel like they're painting themselves into a corner too with Samus, where it's like she's what, like in part Metroid now or something like that, yeah. and like you know all this stuff where it's like you can you can only hit the reset button on her so many times with a new game, where it's like oh you lost all your powers and you got to get them back right. or whatever. Um, so it kind of makes sense if they want to bring this all to an end. Well, I think I think um, it, it lends <clears throat> itself to potentially like more like kind of like self-contained adventure things, where it's like maybe yeah. You know, like it's just Samus being a badass and kind of, right. you know, in a 2.5D sort of action platformer capacity that yeah. doesn't yeah. need to follow the exact same curve as everything else, which right. kind of makes me wonder if they're ever going to kind of like do a similar sort of thing with Zelda because like, man, mm -hmm. you know, like Zelda games are always very samey with that sort of thing, you know? Yeah. Which, yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Um but I was I was really excited and surprised by this. And then also I didn't remember this, but it was other people brought it up. Um, this was originally a title that leaked way back in two thousand five. Yeah. And um, for the DS or whatever, right? Yeah. So the uh, the uh, producer of Metroid or whatever, the head honcho behind it, was basically like, "Yeah, we had this idea um, for for Metroid Dread fifteen years ago," and then didn't feel like at the time we could make the game that we really wanted to make, so we put it on hold. And then several years later, we tried again and also was like, we can't do it. The tech's not there. We can't make it how we want to do it. So let's not do it. And then waited again and again. And then a few years ago when they um, partnered up with Mercury Steam, who did the, the Metroid 2 remake on, on 3DS, which uh, is awesome. Um, they, you know, made that whole engine for it and stuff like that. And it worked really well for a Metroid game. Um they felt like that partnership would be able to create the Metroid dread that they envisioned. Mm -hmm. And so they put them to work on it or whatever. And I also think, um, because they already had kind of like the blueprint by doing the Metroid remake first, it probably made it a lot quicker to develop Metroid dread. Um, and so I think Nintendo knowing they weren't ready with any Metroid prime four stuff, had this in the waiting for a while and just kept the wraps on it and knew, when it, it would be done this year or whatever, um, knew they could throw this out at, for Metroid fans, right? And be like, look, Metroid Prime 4, we got nothing right now. But, hey, new 2D Metroid. That's See, pretty I, awesome. And, hey, it comes in a few months. Like, that's pretty great. I was expecting, like, the inverse of the announcement where it was like, hey, guess what, guys? Like, the new Metroid Prime is coming this this holiday season, but, like, let yeah. us show you what's coming next after that. Yeah. Yeah. But, no, I think it was the other way around. I think it was probably smart. Because yeah. um, this was one of the probably the most talked about part of Nintendo's announcements was this new Metroid. So looks awesome. Yeah, it looks really uh, cool. I mean, for it. I'm super stoked that it's a 2.5D platformer because like I don't I didn't yeah. really like the Metroid Prime like 3D games. It was just kind of like to me just kind of sort of felt like just another 3D shooter sort of thing. And I don't know. I loved the Prime games. Uh, I only played the first two. I never played three. And if three, I feel like is the black sheep where you'll find varying opinions on people that think it's good and people that think it sucked. But um, the first two games I love, but I, I haven't played them since they were brand new. So that was like a GameCube. And yeah. so um, 20 years ago. So, so I've always wanted to replay through them or whatever. I might feel differently now, but I, I loved them back in the day. I thought they really captured Metroid gameplay in a first-person shooter, which I thought was really clever um, with all the scanning and lots of like puzzle platforming and yeah. morph ball puzzles and stuff. So... Um, so I don't know. Metroid Prime Four, I think, would be awesome, but um, I still want to replay the first three anyway before that comes out at some point, so I can kind of refresh myself and uh, 
Anyway. Yeah, it would be. Um, I wonder if they will do a HD re-release of those before the new Metroid Prime. It would make a lot of sense, especially if Metroid Prime Four is like three or four years out, which could be the case because they it's rebooted like, the whole thing in 2019. So um, it might be a few years out. Then next year could be the, hey, here's the trilogy remastered for Switch to keep you happy. And then the following year could be like, hey, here's finally Prime 4 footage for release the next year or something like that. Like they can they can string things along by re-releasing yeah, that trilogy. I mean, I kind of think they need to because like, you know, there's, there's going to be a lot of people that have never played a Metroid Prime game, right? Yeah. And oh, for sure. They yeah on eBay like this sell, Metroid Prime sells for normal sixty dollar pricing used on the GameCube like all day long. Yeah. Well, I think you can get the trilogy on Wii. I think for more reasonable price. But also like who really has a Wii anymore? So, um, yeah, I I think they'll re-release them for sure. I also would love them to re-release the Metroid Two remake from 3ds release that as a switch version mm. um so then you can kind of have everything the, the trilogy is uh let's see anywhere between like 60 to 80 bucks here's one that's soon for 96 dollars oh. with 11 hours left i didn't know it was that expensive that's crazy um so yeah here's one that's a re-release rated bga 90 plus seven thousand mm. five hundred dollars that's all yeah someone's dreaming on that one Rich person buys it and opens it on camera. That's There's the new another thing. One. Uh, 9.8 A plus new factory sealed graded by whatever WADA is. Uh, $3,099. Sweet. So, you know, I, I, I am not wild about this new thing that is happening of like people taking these like new, these like vintage games and getting mm-hmm. them graded by these grading companies. And then just like put them in like the sealed Lexan box yeah, and they're treating them like they're these like collector items. Like that seems whack to me. Particularly something you can't just like, like sure if if you could just you know load up the eShop right now and just download the Metroid Prime trilogy and you know play it play it to your heart's content or whatever and get it digitally mm-hmm. and not worry about it. Then sure, like I see something like that. But this is like the only way you play these games, right? Yeah, but you don't have to buy like the highest graded thousand dollars. Well, no, 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 no. But I, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> it is whack that the prices are so high for physical games yeah. like that. Yes. Yeah. I, um, I don't know. I just, it, it's always bugged me how Nintendo, Nintendo particularly seems pretty bad with this, where they like create these secondary markets of mm-hmm. like extreme value that really, yeah. I mean, you're only just lining the pockets of like, you know, like collectors and scalpers, not people that are like, oh shit, like I, this new Metroid game was really cool. Like I'd love to play this. Like, right. Oh crap. I have yeah. to spend a ton of money on eBay to even like get the game on my Wii. Like that. I don't right. know. That seems <laughs> shitty. So anyway, Metroid Dread looks awesome. Uh, October 8th is when that comes out. That's not too far away. That's no, pretty awesome. That's, that's um, going to be good. And then I'd say the other big thing was their their fatality of the presentation was Breath of the Wild 2 trailer, which looks amazing. Um, they've kind of revealed that the whole game is going to take place in Hyrule, as it did in the first game, but also in like a Sky City for some reason, where you can kind of drop in on weird floating islands and stuff and... Um, I always love when a new trailer like this comes out and then everyone breaks down like every little facet of it. And a lot of the times comes up with really cool, like hidden things or possibilities or or whatever. But, um, I always thought it was funny too, that I think they, did they announce this in 2017 originally or something like that? Like it's been quite a while. I feel like they announced it, um, fairly quickly after the breath of the wild one launched and the switch launched it was like the next year or something like I think, that well no, i think they did or maybe like two that. years i think they announced that like big dlc pack the dlc pack came out maybe yeah. and then that was yeah. the next beat was like hey guess what there's a sequel to this game coming well i remember it, so they were basically like a sequels in the works and my thinking at the time was like oh man that is fast like you would think a game like that massive would be you know 10 years or, or whatever but then um, it was like, well, they already have the whole open world made. You could just kind of make new missions and new story. You have like a lot of the, the grunt work done to where you can just plug in new stuff into their existing engine or whatever. And so maybe, yeah, it wouldn't take that long. Um, but now here we are. It's, it's several years out. They think it, they say it's going to release next year, which I think that's optimistic. I bet it gets 
delayed again till the next year, but who knows? What I thought but, was interesting um, about the trailer though, is they did not, um, people were quick to point out that they did not show the face of the main character at all, which mm-hmm. kind of like lends itself to this like theory that's been going on in a while for a while that like, this is the first game where you like play as Zelda. Mm, yeah, that could be cool. Yeah. And that the original teaser kind of hinted towards that too, because mm-hmm. Zelda busts in and is like, what's up? Yeah. So I don't know. I think there will be, um, I think there's going to be a time traveling mechanic with this one too, where you travel back and forth between um, regular Hyrule and then everything's floating in the ground Hyrule. Um, something well, along I, the lines. So that's so. kind of more of like a link to the past, sort of like Light World, Dark World mm-hmm. thing almost. Yeah, I'm thinking there will be something like that. So, um, yeah, I, my my theory is that it's going to be something like that plus like a. Uh, kind of like a lost Vikings mechanic where you both play as both Link and Zelda, but like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, solving puzzles will require like maybe Zelda can jump higher. So you know, like, yeah. so like something like that, you know, yeah. like that to cool. me yeah. seems like it's an easy one. Yeah. And Cause you know, like people for the longest time have been like, Oh, you know, why, why are we always saving a princess in this game? Blah, 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 blah. Right. And right. I think this would be a good opportunity to, you know, break clear of that. It surely yeah. Nintendo is aware of that too. I mean, that's like, the in what in the first trailer indicated really so yeah right yeah i don't know um so new zelda looks cool should come out next year um some of the surprising things from this announcement was uh a new warioware game which looks super fun i love warioware and uh this one seems to have like a uh, co-op yeah uh, cool. sort of like theme to it or whatever um but also very like classic warioware with like super zany craziness and stuff and that's what I love about that series. So um, that's coming in September. That's uh, pretty soon, too. A new Mario and Rabbids game, which leaked. Everyone kind of knew that was coming. And then it was announced formally at Ubisoft's thing on Saturday. So yeah. it wasn't like a huge surprise or anything. I never got into Mario and Rabbids. So. Yeah, I thought it was okay. I mean, I'd, yeah. The, the problem is like releasing this or announcing this side by side with Advance Wars. It's like Advance Wars is what yeah. I want to play. I just played Mario you know, and Rabbids because I was yeah. like, well, I kind of want to do it tactical turn-based thing right so yeah i would say probably even more surprising than a new warrior where it's a new advance wars basically the remaking remake, yeah. remaking one and two um in uh like full 3d looks really good looks like it really retains the style of the original games i'm super not like a turn-based strategy game person but i loved the advance war games on the yeah. gba originally they're really good kind of like baby's first turn-based strategy game i would say they're really like approachable mm-hmm. um and uh just fun and so cool to see those getting remade um actually being remade by way forward which i think is kind of cool too but um those come out on december so uh yeah, a little a, ways away but not too bad day, and then they announced um day one purchase for me yeah that's a day one um, and then they announced a new Game & Watch for Zelda's anniversary this year, kind of like they did with the Mario one, um, which I think looks cool. Like, uh, I'll buy that for sure, because um, I already love my Mario one or whatever. I think the kind of cool thing about this, so the included games are Zelda, original NES Zelda, and then Zelda 2, the quirky side-scrolling one, and then Zelda Link, but, uh, Link to the, or the uh, Link's Boy. Awakening, Link's Game Boy. In the original, not the Game Boy Color version, but like the original grayscale Game Boy One, which I don't know how I feel about that. I kind of think maybe they should have had DX or maybe, you know, whatever. Maybe just to differentiate it, they didn't. But, um, and then it'll have a clock, obviously, like the Mario Brothers one, um, but you'll actually, it's actually playable. So you'll be able to like control Link um, as he runs around and like kills enemies while the yeah. clock is happening or whatever. I think that's really cool. Um, cause I love my Mario one. I'm looking at it right now. I love just watching the little Mario do his thing. Like the AI just kind of like yeah, jumps around. That, and, that and, has to be like the most obvious thing when people are like, Oh, this is really cool, but I wish I could play the clock that I bet people are right, yeah. like, shit, why can't you play the clock? Like what a good idea. Yeah, can like, I just hop in and control him for a minute? And yeah. Um, so that looks pretty cool. And then, um, it's actually going to be like the, the, the main clock face is going to be the top down NES Zelda style. Um, and then there will be like a timer functionality, like a stopwatch um, that actually uses the 2D side-scrolling view of Zelda 2, um, which I think is kind of cool that there's two different styles of, of clock or whatever, too. And that will be playable also. 
Um, looks cool. I don't know. I love my Mario thing. It's probably overpriced for what it is, but I, I get a lot of enjoyment out of it. Yeah. And um, so I'll rock this one too. I'll, I hope they release one for all their big franchises. What, what I'm worried about this all. one though is that like, so remember um, everyone was like, oh my God, this is going to be another NES classic thing. They're, yeah. they're going to be like totally impossible to get mm-hmm. um, and everything else, which led to idiots like me being like, Oh my God. Like I saw how everyone's pre-orders got canceled with the NES classic. Like I'm going to, anytime I see a pre-order up for this thing, I'm just going to jump on it and like yeah. just hope that like one goes through. Right. And then you wind up with five of them. Is Oh yeah. I forgot that you covered all your bases and then yeah. there was no supply issues whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I, I see if that's the case this time. Oh, they, did you? Well, because they, they were released like early in the year and I was like, Oh, well, whatever. These will make like really cool gifts like for Christmas mm-hmm. or whatever. And then it was like, yeah. they were so plentiful that like yeah. literally anyone that even had remote interest in it already had one by the time like Christmas rolled around. Right. Yeah. So now I'm like, well, if I just forget I have these, maybe in 10 years, they'll be wildly valuable. And at that point you might as well, because I don't know what, do you, what else are you going to do? Yeah. You know? Cause I was like, uh, cause the problem is they've been clearanced a couple of times on like Amazon and stuff. So like the resale value yeah. of them is like nothing. And I was like, Oh God, yeah. well, lesson learned on this, I guess. But yeah. But so I hope that they're uh, not like, man, we made way too many of those Mario game and watches. Like, let's cut production less. a little bit on Zelda ones <laughs> and then create the NES classic situation. I hope not, too. I just want one. I don't want to collect it. I don't want to keep it in the box. I want to take it out and enjoy it on my desk. It so. blows my mind that like the NES classic and the um, Super Nintendo classic aren't just things that are just like perennially stocked at retailers, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I don't know. It makes zero sense. Nintendo has a boner for artificially, you know, limiting these things and having everything be time limited. Like so here, let's see on eBay what the uh, what is this Super Mario Game Watch? It's probably going to be worth like nothing. Let's see. Yeah, twelve dollars. Damn, really? Twelve dollars and fifty-five cents. Buy it now. Includes a stand oh. and a sticker. Jeez Louise. What oh, wait, no, sorry. That's just the stand. Uh, oh, they're selling for, like, oh, okay. selling for like 40 bucks. Oh, okay. So similar to just retail price. Yeah. That's usually how it shakes out for things that are, there's still good stock of or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, another thing I was like, I'm not going over every single announcement, but the new Super Monkey Ball, I thought looked really good. It's like a kind of a mashup, like a greatest hits of the first few monkey ball games. I was a really big super monkey ball fan back in the day. So, uh, same sort of thing though. I don't think I've played any since the GameCube days. So I'd, I'd like to try them out again. Um, and those, there's a compilation coming out, coming in October, super monkey ball, banana mania is what it's called. Um, I think essentially just the first three games levels all remastered. Yeah. Um, that was cool. I guess I, don't, I was never super into, um, you know, Super Monkey Ball, but yeah, yeah, I always really liked it. Um, and then some stuff we all pretty much knew about. There's Hy- Hyrule Warriors DLC that's actually out now. Um, Mario Golf Super Rush. I'm gonna buy this. I think I love the Mario Golf games, and this one looks like a kind of return to form for the series after not really liking the 3DS one. Um, the things I didn't like was it just felt too aimless for me. Um, this one seems more story driven and more like the old Mario golfs, which is what I really yeah. like. Yeah. I'm, I'm uh, super into this. Zelda Skyward Sword. I didn't play this. I kind of want to. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I'm st- $60 want to. I, I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm stoked for this one because like it came out in a weird time in I, yeah I remember, like the wii product cycle or the wii u product cycle or i mean it was just playing something else like i this is a zelda game that i just missed you know yeah so same, for me it's he remake i mean it's effectively a new zelda game for me so whatever i'll pay 60 bucks that's fine yeah and it's it as far as i know it's like the origin story of zelda right yeah. like the origin of the master sword and all that stuff so that seems really cool i don't know i've heard good things about the game itself it's just like you fell into the cracks between like console releases or whatever, or whatever I was doing at the time. And, and I just missed out on it. Um, so yeah, seems kind of cool. Oh, this was kind of a surprising announcement. Guardians of the galaxy, which was just announced during square Enix's thing, um, at E3 and it's like a next gen title was announced for switch. And that surprised me at first. And then I found out it's actually the cloud version. It's going to do like, um, what oh, they've done with a couple other releases now where it's, they stream it over the cloud. It's not like actually running on switch hardware. So that made more sense that it's coming to switch because I feel like if it was an, an actual port, 
it would look like butt and run like butt. It just wouldn't be a good idea all around. So um, I don't know. That cloud thing, I think, is going to be a thing going forward. Um, Microsoft announced something similar too. how Xbox One owners are going to be able to stream Xbox Series X and S games um, on their Xbox One via streaming, via the cloud. Oh, so I'm um, looking at it right now. So the, the uh, Skyward Sword was first released in 2011. The Wii U came out in 2012. Mm, mm-hmm. So I think that's why I never played it because it was like, all right, the Wii's getting kind of old, and yeah, I'm excited. I don't for even, new yeah, thing. I don't like, think I even had my Wii hooked up anymore at that point. And then the Wii U came out, and I was very wait and see. And obviously, we we know how that turned out. Yeah. Even though over, I almost picked up a Wii U like a handful of times over the years when when a big game would come out for it. I got thankfully, one. I think most of the good ones. Basically, a Splatoon machine for me. That game was really right. Good. Yeah. Um, anything else I feel like talking about with this? I don't think so. Surprise. Some other good announcements. It's uh, like not even a mention of Animal Crossing. Yeah, some people brought that up and I think Nintendo even released a statement that was basically like, Oh, we got Animal Crossing stuff happening, don't worry, it just wasn't part of E three yeah. or whatever. Uh it was kind of weird though that it wasn't I mean, cause I, I mean that's one of their big franchises. Yeah, like like it's just it's so strange to me when to have it like completely not there when they could have just like bookended a little segment with like five seconds of tom nook like you know just very mysterious people would have been like oh my god what does that mean that's so crazy oh cool right you know instead of yeah. like oh where's animal crossing i don't know they just need to mention it yeah and you know they have like events coming up or things they could have promoted even if it wasn't like a giant dlc or something like that but i don't know nintendo does their own thing so um anyway overall good pre- presentation and i am excited for uh all the good Nintendo stuff coming out. Um, all right, let's zip through some of the mobile game stuff of the week that I had set aside to talk about. If I can find it, as we get started, this Hitman Sniper stuff. Sure. Um, this was also part of Square's E3 presentation. Um, they had announced back in March, they actually did their own little digital presentation. And um, one of their announcements was uh, actually a few mobile games were announced, but one of them was a new um, Hitman Sniper. And I thought, man, that seemed way overdue because yeah. Hitman Sniper, I think, came out in 2015 and has been major popular. Um, that was one of those games that came out paid and everyone celebrated like, oh, a paid game. Hooray. It was yeah, yeah, it could have yeah. easily been free to play. Oh, I can't believe you. Yeah, no shit. And right. then they like dropped it to a buck and added a bunch of in-app purchase stuff that would normally be in a free to play game. And um Lo and behold, it got that. That's what allowed it to have like new content pumped into it in the last five, six years, um, because it was like a it was able to generate revenue on an ongoing basis. You know what I mean? If, yeah. I feel like nobody ever thinks about how these things actually work. Like, we want a paid game, but we want it to get new content for years to come, but we don't want to pay extra for any of it. And it's like, yeah, you can't have all those things in the same thing. So, right, right. but anyway. So they announced a new Hitman Sniper game, tentatively titled Project Hitman Sniper Assassins. Um, so their presentation over the weekend was uh, unveiling its actual name, which is Hitman Sniper The Shadows. Subtitle The Shadows. Um, and it actually has nothing to do with the original Hitman Sniper, um, but it does take place in the greater Hitman lore that's going on with like the current crop of games um, on console and PC. And so Agent 47 goes missing mysteriously. Nobody knows where he is. Um, and so like the head of the, the international contract agency um, initiates this uh, secret like plan, which is basically a group of super trained assassins to go out and uh, eliminate some weird global threat, whatever. Kind of cool that it kind of has a story, but I don't think it's really necessary. All this really means is that there's five different snipers that you'll be able to use and they have different abilities and stuff like that um more interesting i think is that uh one of the things i think that held back hitman sniper originally was um its lack of locations like it was really good at like coming up with a billion different like missions to complete but they were all like essentially on the same map it was like a large map and it had different areas and stuff like that so they did the best that they could but when you think about it it was like man, I just want to play somewhere different. I want different scenarios. I want, you know, whatever. Um, so this game is really taken after kind of like the series, um, how you have to like use your environment, trick 
NPCs and stuff into like, you know, killing themselves or killing other people or whatever, basically doing what you do to make all the, the, um, the assassinations look like accidents or, or whatever, which is part of the fun of these games is they're kind of almost like puzzles. So anyway, that's how this game will be, but with five different playable characters and it will be free to play from the start, which is not a surprise at all. I'm sure there will be the original Hammond Sniper has like pff, bajillion different weapons and skins and yeah, stuff like that. Ton I'm of sure it'll be along those same yeah, lines. So huh. anyway, um, no release date or anything like that, but it is supposed to come out this year and they're going to be talking about more about it soon. But anyway, it was officially available over the weekend. So that's pretty cool. And then also during that same event, um, Square Enix announced, uh, a Final Fantasy pixel remaster re-releases of the first fi- the first six Final Fantasy games. Those are coming to PC and mobile. And I think we talked about it last week that um, they kind of spoiled it for themselves yeah. by updating the 3D Final Fantasy games on iOS to... Sean being the only you know, person watching. Yeah, Sean. <laughs> Sean basically called it last week. Um, and so... Uh, yeah, nobody really knows. They're, the trailers very briefly shows... A little bit of these games and you can kind of expect what's coming from it looks like they have redrawn sprites but not but they drew them in a way so they look like pixel art still and so there's been a lot of controversy over these redrawn sprites and if you like them if you don't whatever i feel like square enix can never win with these sorts of things um because it's hard to take games that were made when a time when everyone had like tube TVs and you know, things were meant to be displayed a certain way and lo- pixel art back then was done very specifically because they knew it was going to be blurred through the resolution of these tube TVs or whatever. Right. And so nothing was ever designed thinking there would ever be like a high definition world. Um, and so, and, and the other weird thing is a lot of these people that, that like these games are younger and didn't play them on original hardware and didn't play them on tube TVs. They played them on emulators on HD TVs or on laptops and stuff. Um, they think they're supposed to be like sharp edged pixel yeah, characters yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. But really that's not how it was. It was supposed to all be kind of blurred through the TV back in the day. And that's how they were meant to look. So it's always been really tricky. I personally love like nice sharp pixels. I like the blocky edges and stuff like that. I think the stuff looks good, but, um, it's definitely not how I remember playing a lot of these games. Um, and I mostly prefer it to look nice and sharp because um, the alternative is usually like shaders or um, filters no, that just weird bat. filters. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The filters like, I don't, like, yeah, not great. It would drive me nuts on, on the Xbox. There would always be Xbox Arcade releases of old games that have, by default, they have like the terrible filters on them that make them look like I don't know, like your, uh, like your eyes are watering or something like that. Like everything's all blurry, but not, I don't know. It's just bad. So for my money, I would choose to have sharp pixels or whatever. Um, it kind of seems like what Square's doing is sort of like a, a best of both worlds, or they hope it to be, where they're redrawing the sprites to be more clear and be more what the original creators kind of were intending for these characters to look like. But they'll have the sharp edges still because they're redrawn. They're pixel remasters specifically. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. know. It's I, interesting. I like this kind of stuff. I mean, like I don't know. I, I'm not. I guess I'm not this extreme purist that like nothing can ever yeah. be modified and stuff like that. Like I, I think right. that improving these games is a good thing, you know, because a lot of times you go back to these games and it's just like, oh wow, this does not look as good or play how I remember it or or whatever yeah. else. I mean, like. Like yeah. God, revisiting the original Final Fantasy VII on the PlayStation is a rough go, yeah, right? You yeah, know? and and I, I don't know. It just this is good. I think I agree. And um, the other weird thing is um, nobody really knows. So these are announced for PC and mobile. PC, that's great. A lot of these weren't available already, but most of these games, except for the 3D ones, um, were already available on mobile in special versions anyway. So. One of the questions is like, are they going to update those existing games or are these going to be new releases? Yeah. Square's already um, said these are going to be separate games. So it's not like one collection. So they're going to be released separately. Um, I think it will be weird to release second versions, separate versions of these, right? But I also think it would be weird for them to just upgrade all the old ones for free. 
I don't know what's going to I mean, happen. Who, who knows? You know, whatever whatever the weirdest thing is, it'll probably be what Square Enix does, you know. Cause... I mean, the precedent has been set with, like, Chrono Trigger got all the goodies upgraded to the original version that launched, like, 10 years ago. So um, it's not, like, out of the realm of possibility. They'll just upgrade all the existing games to be their best, newest versions. But also, it seems like a lot of work to put in to remaster this many games just to release them to people that already have bought them or whatever. Yeah, but I also can't see like I can't see the new Pixel remaster and the original Final Fantasy versions just living together on the App Store. I feel like that would be kind of weird and confusing. I mean, what what I learned with Game Club is that there is a real negative cost to doing that sort of thing. Like yeah. you basically just have uh-huh. to give these people the new yeah. game for free because like otherwise the the expense of that is insane customer support costs uh one star right. app store reviews like you do not yeah. win i mean yeah. they basically have you held hostage you know right because they yeah. bought There's they bought the this lose, game lose, lose. like you know 10 years ago and yeah. how dare you not give them this new version that you did from the ground up you know right right Which... yolo yeah i um will be interesting to see what they end up actually doing with this. Um, so I think my money would be on new is pieces. not on the switch, right? It's not part of that collection of mana or anything. Is it like if you, and it's not part yeah. of that, that um, super Nintendo bundles, right? Mm, I don't think so. Yeah, I, don't think, so. I don't think it's on the switch. Hmm. Yeah, it should be. It will be someday. I'm sure. Um, so anyway, all that to say, uh, new Final Fantasy, they, the one to six pixel remaster versions um, coming soon, whatever that means. So oh, what I'm what I'm remembering is the the Chrono Trigger Steam release a couple of years ago that everyone was like, what? Oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah. There was a lot of fun drama about that. If you look up, uh, Sean had a lot to say about that whole situation because everybody blamed it for being a mobile port, which uh, actually wasn't the case. But anyway. Um, I thought this was kind of surprising. Three new games popped up on Apple Arcade is coming soon, um, all from three very well-known franchises on mobile. First up is Angry Birds Reloaded. Kind of looks like, it's hard to say what this is. It's kind of a mashup of all the Angry Birds games into one game. Um, You'll be able to play the original Birds. You'll be able to play as the movie characters. You'll be able to play as Piggies, which I think that's the first time they've done that. I I haven't been following along too do all there yeah, but um and it looks like uh it might be a mixture of both new and old levels and stuff from the different games over the years either way angry birds on apple arcade that's uh that's a big get um similarly alto's odyssey the lost city was announced for apple arcade and um i think that's kind of interesting it's not really sure what is going to be different here um from the old, from the original Alto's Odyssey or Alto's Adventure, except new environments for sure. I don't know if there's new gameplay mechanics. It, it's kind of hard to tell, but either way, the Alto games seem like a nice natural fit for for an Apple Arcade. So yeah. I don't know if this will be a special version or um, something totally brand new or what. And then um, also same with Doodle God. Uh, Doodle God Universe was announced. And um, the big twist here seems to be it's all in 3D now. But Doodle God was one of those games that kind of took off. And then they released like 40 different versions of every kind of Doodle God spinoff you could think of. Um, So this will be kind of cool to see it be in 3D finally because it was kind of like a simplistic game or whatever. But I feel like it's it, the item combining and creation aspect of Doodle God was always really well done. So yeah. cool to see that in more of a fleshed out full game or whatever. So here's here's um, a fun fact for you. That, um, yeah. I, that would have been on Game Club in an alternate universe. Oh, really? Yeah. I very specifically remember I was I – was returned my phone call i was getting beers at a local brewery in chicago yeah. and like just basically stood in the parking lot and talked to these guys for like 45 minutes about <laughs> about all this and it didn't yeah. it didn't end up panning out but there, there was a possibility that it would that would have been pretty crazy um well now they're on apple arcade so mm-hmm. we're going to be on apple arcade um could go on apple i guess you never really know uh when these games are actually coming out the the app store metadata indicates july 16th for all three of these games um 
Which, uh, with Apple Arcade anymore, it's like, that seems silly that they'd release three high-profile games all at the same time, all on the same day, but then also, they've done stuff like that, so maybe that's the case. But also, a lot of times, this data um, in the iTunes link is, is just placeholder anyway, so right. it's anyone's guess when these things are coming, but they're in the Coming Soon tab in the Apple Arcade part of the App Store, so um, they should be coming soon, I guess. Anyway, curious to check out, like, Angry Birds in particular, like paid angry birds with no shenanigans oh yeah sounds pretty what cool that used to be like well i remember uh i think we talked about it on the podcast before but i i was playing through the psp mini release of angry birds um not too long ago and was just shocked because it's like um it was it was angry birds with all of the added content right up to the point they added the mighty eagle which i think was like the first in-app purchase thing you could buy as like a kind of cheater item or whatever yeah and um so it was basically like 300 awesome levels of just no shenanigans Angry Birds. Um, with the only problem being the the version for that runs on PSPs kind of sucks. The frame weight tanks all the time and it hitches and, and whatever. So it's not very smooth. But the, the content itself, I was like, dude, I remember when Angry Birds was like yeah. this. And it was really fun. So curious to see how the Apple Arcade release is and, and as well as the other games. But anyway, moving on. Uh, Horizon Chase, we always talk about this game because it's super good. Just got a new DLC <coughs> with like a street racing uh, sort of theme, I guess. Um, whoa. It just played the trailer and it blasted me in the earphones. Um, got a new car and some new skins and some other new stuff. Um, this is actually a deal, a paid expansion. Uh, comes in at the whopping price of 99 cents. What? Um, These or if you developers. Uh, <laughs> or if you have the world tour pass which is usually anywhere between one dollar and three dollars that's kind of like the season pass that lets you get this dlc for free also i don't know how any of this stuff works because i owned horizon chase when it was a paid game and um if that is your situation i'm pretty sure you just get all the stuff for free nowadays i don't know if i have to buy it or not Good. but i don't know as it should either way be, right? <laughs> Horizon Chase, uh, new DLC, super good game, so uh, worth checking out for for ninety nine cents. Yeah, that's um, cool. I have, I so have throwing breaking break. news for you. Oh, holler! Uh, Noodle Cake Ryan just texted me. I said I can't talk now. I'm recording uh, the podcast, and he says, "Tell Jared I love him." Oh, I love Noodle Cake Ryan. I don't know what he wants from me. Probably just to give me shit about something. I miss seeing those guys at uh, conferences. Yeah, hopefully next year. I still I I'm waiting for them to hold a uh, some sort of event in Saskatoon so we can all go to uh, Canada and uh, Saskatoon. Yeah, see their wacky town. Um, I imagine it being like uh, you remember the TV show Northern Exposure. Yeah, (laughs) something like that. Saskatoon, just like a (laughs) moose walking around. Yeah, I imagine that too, but it could be way off. Um, Anywho. uh, so Thronebreaker, The Witcher Tales, that is a uh, really cool spinoff from The Witcher series that's like its own standalone RPG um, and actually came to iOS, I think, last year or maybe earlier this year um, and is really, really good. And they released it as a totally premium game for 10 bucks. And uh, I think we picked it as the game of the week. We might have reviewed it. I don't really remember. But either way, super good game. Um well, <laughs> CD Projekt Red uh, did something pretty messed up. They delisted that paid version and now have released a free version with a paid unlock in place of it um, alongside doing the same thing on Android. So it has not been on Android before. So now that it's on Android, and that's a popular thing to do on Android, free version with a paid unlock because Android is people are less likely to pay for stuff on Android for whatever reason. Um and then have have a paid version on iOS. That's not weird to have like two separate pay models between Android and iOS. They instead have just replaced that version with a brand new release that's this free with the unlocked version. So if you own the paid game already, um, it's kind of unknown at this point. Is it going to continue getting updates? Is it just like, I mean, it's not on the App Store anymore. So um, I think it's kind of shitty when they do stuff like this. I feel like at the very least 
can't you release the free version over the the previous version and make sure everyone that already owned it gets the unlock or something like that? I know, I mean, that's what Horizon just we just talked about yeah. that game. That's what they did when they went free to play. So, and they, there was some wonkiness with it getting working right or whatever, but in the end, they figured it out. Um, I just think that's better than being like, well, I was the sucker who paid ten bucks for this game, and then now. Uh, I'm not getting updates for it. iOS broke it or whatever. Now I have to get this other version or whatever. Um, I hate this sort of stuff with, yeah, with not, digital app stores. So not great. anyway, I mean, digital distribution in general, you always run into these yeah. fuck, fucked up situations that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So anyway, the silver lining, if you're on Android, go download this game. It's super good. And then also silver lining, if you're on iOS and never played it before, but we're curious, um, try out the free version, I guess. And, uh, you know, you can still buy the unlock for it, and it's still a paid game. Um, just kind of sucks for original owners, I guess, because yeah. we don't really know what what the future will lie for this one. But super good game if you haven't played it yet. Um, definitely want to get the uh, check out the free version if you haven't done that yet. Yeah. And then finally, I probably should have lumped this with the other Apple Arcade talk, but anyway, um, out of nowhere yesterday, Game Dev Story was released on Apple Arcade as one of their plus versions. Um, back in April, they released a bunch of games and kind of like a new initiative where they are re-releasing existing games on Apple Arcade, which is something I think they never intended to do. Um, but, uh, I think they, they were struggling to find ways to add even more value to get subscriber numbers up and, and whatever. Um, and so added a bunch of existing really good games, like all of Zach Gage's games are now on Apple Arcade or whatever. And, um, some other old ones like Leo's Fortune, uh, you can get on, on Apple Arcade, um, stuff like that. So anyway, Game Dev Story, not one I expected to be part of that whole shebang, but here it is. And um, I don't know, Game Dev Story is still really good. Uh, I actually had flashbacks of when this game first came out. I was still really new with Touch Arcade. Um, and this is one of those games, I think the same thing happened with Tiny Wings. But the game came out. And, you know, the forum community kind of found it mm-hmm. and posted it and then started talking about it and then generated a little buzz. And that would always lead us to be like, oh, what's this about? Let's check this out. Um, so I downloaded this game, had never heard it before, heard of it before or whatever. Started playing it was like, oh, my God, it's so awesome. Played for hours and hours and hours. And before I know it, it's like two in the morning and I'm like trying to write a review because I need to get this review cranked out. Yeah, and really uh while, every, while the inspiration is fresh in my mind, too, but I'm also just, like, running on fumes because it's the middle of the night. Um, and so I think I wrote this entire review, like, half asleep, like, on the brink of delirium or whatever. But it's also, like, a fun memory to look back and be like, I remember when I stayed up all night playing Game Dev Story. Yeah. Uh, anyway, all these years later, that was over 10 years ago. Um, all these years later, Game Dev Story is still really good. I fired up the Apple IK version just to see if there's anything different, which there is not. And there shouldn't be. That's not how they've been rolling. But just thought I'd check anyway and uh, instantly got sucked back in to uh, everything great about this game. It's so, really good. It's really sticky. You need to, if you haven't played it, you should. Yeah. It's, if you somehow have never played this over the last 10 years, um, this is one to definitely check out on Apple Arcade. It has a new plus version. So part of the subscription gets you this game too, which interesting. Yeah. That's it. That's all I had to talk about this week as far as game news. And I think we're probably up against the normal time threshold. So, yep. And I had to urgently pee. So, let's. Oh, uh, urgently pee. Well, let, you know, I feel like <laughs> taking my time with the outro this week. Uh, I drank too many chemicals this, this podcast. You got to get that yellow dye out before yeah. it takes a hold of your body. Um, anyway, thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. And as always, Tetracade is primarily supported by you guys. So please check out patreon.com forward slash touch arcade if you want to help us out and uh, throw a little support our way. Also, you can do your shopping through Amazon or toucharcade.com forward slash Amazon. And uh, anything you'd be buying through Amazon anyway, we'll get a little slice of and it can add up and all help. So uh, with that, I'll let Eli get to his peepees. <laughs> and uh, thanks again for listening. We'll be back with another episode of the Touch Arcade Show next week. All right. See ya. 